You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Will we sacrifice? Webster said of this word, it means to offer to God in homage or worship, listen, by killing and consuming as victims on an altar. To destroy, surrender, or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. To devote with loss. To destroy. When watching sports, some people will be so invested in their team that they sacrifice their mindset for them. Today, Pastor Gary asks the question, Will we sacrifice for the kingdom of God? How do you further the kingdom of God? When we're disciples of Christ, we're allowing victory to happen around us. Next time you're in a situation, ask yourself, is what I'm doing sacrificial for the kingdom? When we sacrifice for the kingdom, God's name will be glorified and people's eternities will change. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Nehemiah chapter four as he begins his message, Will we? I used to very legalistically and arrogantly make a statement that I believe is partially true, but I think I missed the whole point when I used to say it. I used to say that why would you need God's voice when you already have a verse? But I've since learned that there's more to the verse than what is written on paper, there is life in that verse. The, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And I've learned that if you'll read it and then let the Holy Spirit teach you, He'll bring it to life. And He'll make it fresh and relevant and timely for you. He'll take something that was written to another people 2,000 years ago and make it fit your situation in the exact moment that you need it the most. That's why the Bible says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Sometimes we don't know what we need until the Spirit speaks just that precise word in that precise moment to us from His Word and we know that it was something that came from Him and no one else. And uh, the more I walk with God, the more I learn to appreciate His fresh voice that the Bible is not just a historical document written to an age that is irrelevant to us, but it is a living, breathing document that speaks to us. It says the same thing it always said, but it speaks as much to this generation as any. Amen, church? And so we're going to take... Uh, an old text out of the book of Nehemiah chapter 4. We'll read verses 1 through 6. And uh, we know historically and contextually this was written to uh, Nehemiah. It was uh, Nehemiah, uh, his record of God's dealings with the children of Israel as they began to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, but we also know that the Bible says every word of God is pure. And the Bible says that... Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So we're going to look for profit for us this morning from this old text out of Nehemiah. Verse 1 of chapter 4. But it came to pass 
that when Samballot heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Or in other words, will they finish in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. I want to focus now on verse number 2, where the enemy of God ask some questions that I think are valid and applicable to us today. He spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Number one, he said, will they fortify themselves? Number two, will they sacrifice? Number three, will they make an end in a day? And number four, will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned. And today my question to you as a church is simply this. It is a rare moment, and this may be the first time that I have taken the words of the enemies of the army of God and give any validity to them for our consideration. But if you'll read the whole book, you'll discover that their questions were answered with a resounding yes. And the reason I want to point that out is the determining factor that decided whether or not they prevailed over their enemy was how they responded to the questioning of their enemy. Many times when people in church are put into question as to where or what or when or why or how they serve God, just the question alone causes many to just drop what they're doing to avoid criticism. They can't even handle so much as an inquiry because they prefer no negative light. I've seen Christians today start out to serve God, but because somebody questioned their motives, and it wasn't even true what they were saying, but it hurt them to the degree that they stopped what God called them to do to, to avoid any future conflict of interest between another party. And I believe that God is in the business of refortifying the strength of soul and fortitude in the body of Christ today. I believe that God wants to reposition His church to be in a position not of weakness and intimidation, but in a spirit of power 
and of love and of a sound mind. I believe that today God would look for those churches who are on the verge of destruction if they are not already there and breathe new life into their body and new courage and new vigor to face the obstacles that the enemy is going to bring against them and to decide no matter what that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Many times today, people can't handle being talked about. They can't handle being criticized. They can't handle being questioned, so they quit. They just give up, and they say, well, we might as well, if so-and-so is going to raise a stink, I'd rather just not deal with the stink uh, than to do what needs to be done. But I'm looking for some people this morning that are willing to raise a stink for Jesus. Amen? Uh, If it means that the body of Christ is strengthened and healed, and mobilized for the glory of God, then let the chips fall where they may, but let the church of the living God march on in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen this morning? And the question is, will we? I I have my entire outline in our text in verse number two. Number one, will we fortify ourselves? Now, I looked up what Webster had to say about the word fortify, and this is how he defined it, to to surround with a wall, to defend against the attacks of an enemy, to fortify the mind against sudden calamity. Did you hear that? You got to fortify your mind, to fortify hope to furnish with strength or means of resisting force, violence, or assault, and also to raise strong places. I like what Webster had to say about that word, don't you? And I believe that today the church of the living God needs to be willing to reinforce our strength. Now, that is, metaphorically speaking, we need to rebuild the walls that we have allowed the enemy to tear down in our camps. And when I talk about the walls, the spiritual walls of the church, what I am referring to are those tremendous truths coming straight out of the Word of God that somehow or another the church has forfeited for sake of compromise or for sake of avoiding hurting someone's feelings. But I say that that it's time that the walls of God's Word are raised back unapologetically and without fear or favor of men. Amen. We need to rebuild the walls of truth found written in the Word of God. There is, there is no scripture, amen, uh, uh, that is of any private interpretation. The Bible says it. And let me, uh, let me tell you a redneck way of how I see that. Uh, it means that all those scriptures belong to God Himself, amen. Uh, and that means I have no right to rewrite it to, or to interpret it differently, but to simply declare it for what it says and let it stand on its own on two feet because the Bible does a good job defending itself. It really don't need your defense. Uh, In fact, you can go against the Bible and uh, the Bible will remain standing and you'll be gone with the wind. Amen. Uh, Because the Word of God shall stand forever. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in standing upon that firm foundation 
called the Bible, called the Word of God, and the principles that it represents, uh, principles of righteousness, principles of truth, uh, guidance for life, guidance for church, guidance for this, guidance for everything that you could imagine. Amen? And we need to fortify ourselves to stand firm on what the Bible says without apologizing. Why I've heard preachers get up and preach, and they'll read what the Bible says plainly put, and then they'll add so many disclaimers to it that with their traditions they've made the Word of God of none effect. But it's time that we just preach it as it is to people as they are and worship a God as He is. Can I get an amen? Ah, but will we? Will we fortify ourselves with nothing more and nothing less than God's Word and God's voice? You know what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand." And I'm praying that God will fill this place up even more so than what we already have with people with an undying and unwavering commitment and faith in the Word of God and for the Word of God. Amen. Uh, That come what may, we're going to stand on the side of the Bible. Amen. That's exactly right. Uh, But this culture today, this culture is trying to uh, brainwash a whole generation into just going with the flow. Just whatever they want to do, just don't raise a fuss, don't raise a stink, don't speak against it, you might offend somebody. Well, quite frankly, I've been offended by what they've been doing over there in Washington, D.C. since I was old enough to have any sense about what was going on. But they've never cared about it hurting my feelings, amen? They've never worried about offending the Christian. Have you ever noticed that? Amen. So uh, let me get this straight. We do all the giving, you do all the taking, and we just keep our mouths shut. That sounds like tyranny, if you ask me. That sounds like anti-freedom, if you ask me. And I'm not here to preach a political message, but I am here to preach a biblical message, and that is that we should be willing to stand for God's Word no matter what this crowd has to say about it. Amen. We need to stand our ground and we need to fortify our church based upon the Word of God, not on opinions, not on policies and procedures, not on all kinds of stuff that we can concoct to do things the way we want to do them, but simply strip us down to the basic necessities and essentials that the Word of God gives us and we learn that we are fully equipped under every good work by the Word of God alone. It is all sufficient for what the church needs to, uh, to not only be alive, but to thrive in this day in which we live. I don't know if you've looked around and noticed. I know our attendance is up and down depending on which week it is. Uh, Just get used to that. That's the times we live in. But I I can also say that I rejoice that God's doing something. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but God's been saving folk. 
Amen. God's been allowing us to baptize a few folk. I'm bragging on Jesus this morning. And I just want to rub it into the devil's face just a little bit this morning because he's been telling me for years, you can't grow a church in this Laodicea church age. And he's been trying to convince me, amen, that the church can't grow and thrive and prosper and do it biblically. But the devil is a liar. Nothing will work but the way of the Bible. Amen. Nothing will work but what the Word says will work. And I've learned that you can build a great establishment based on anything but the Word of God and get a big following. Just because it has a lot of people don't mean it's a real church. Amen. I believe if we'll stay tried and true, if we'll fortify the fortress of the church with the Word of God, It'll be impenetrable. It'll be unstoppable. Amen. It'll be something that'll bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ alone. We want to refortify, but will we do that? That's up to us as a church to decide. I pray we will. Amen. Number two, though, will we sacrifice? Will we sacrifice? Webster said of this word, it means to offer to God in homage or worship. Listen. By killing and consuming as victims on an altar. To destroy, surrender, or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. To devote with loss. To destroy. To kill. You know what that reminds me of? Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God's not asking anything too much when He asks for you to die to self and live for Him. Are we any better than our Lord who gave everything to do the will of His Father? And that's exactly what being a follower of Jesus is. Dying to self to do the will of your Father. That's it. That's, that's the essential, that's the core of Christianity. To, to be a disciple of Christ is to do what Jesus did. Jesus said, I speak only what I hear my Father say. Jesus came to do the will of His Father. And we act like we can do our own will and God will be pleased with it. And Jesus Himself couldn't even get by with that. And you think you are going to get by with it? Doing it your way? Nope, you're not going to get by with it. It's time for the church to say, you know what? Lord, this is not my life. This is your life. You bought it. You paid for it. Whatever you ask me to do, if you'll give me the strength to do it, I will do it with all of my heart. Amen. And quit making excuses for why we can't invest our time into the kingdom, as Elijah said earlier. Quit making excuses for why we can't make the sacrifices that it's going to require to build the walls for the church of the living God. It's going to take some people that are willing to die to self, to be unselfish, to be motivated by what pleases the Lord and supports His church. Can I get an amen? By the way, the church is the bride of Christ. 
And you better be careful how you talk and run down his bride. He don't take kindly to his bride being beat up on. I, I got a preacher friend said he, his first church he pastored, he was a little too rude and crude to him. He said when he, uh, when he resigned, the Lord told him, said, if you beat on my bride again, I'll kill you. And we think that we can just disregard one another and treat each other like trash. Come on now. Am I hitting a nerve this morning? Oh, we don't do that here, do we? Amen. I hope we don't. I pray we don't. But we should always be on guard to resist the temptation. Amen. Because we are... This is bigger than any one of us. And we need to be willing to sacrifice self, will, time, resources, whatever the Lord wants. This is yours, Lord. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God renewing of the mind so that comes with being a living sacrifice uh, if, if you're going to die to self and live for Christ you're going to have to change your way of thinking you're going to have to replace your thoughts with his thoughts your ideas with the Bible amen and if you can't understand the Bible get under a good Holy Ghost filled preacher and teacher and let them teach you something amen but also get in your prayer closet and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and understanding and he will teach you some things if any man lack wisdom let him ask of God which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him that's a promise from the word of God have you ever had that experience where you sit down and you're reading something and you don't understand it, so you ask the Lord, Lord, give me understanding, and it's not long, and the Holy Spirit will begin to turn the lights on. Turn the lights on. And you know what He's doing? He's replacing our way of thinking with His way of thinking. And a lot of divisions and isms and schisms in our churches today are a direct result of the way people misunderstand the Bible. And they need, Paul said to that one crowd, he said, uh, I think it was Paul, you're teachers, but you still in need of being taught yourself. We should never get to the point to where we feel like we've arrived in our understanding. That there's nothing more to learn. That there's nothing more to hear. I've heard it all. I've read it all. I, I've got my head wrapped around my theology preacher don't bust my theological bubble please quit preaching that stuff you're messing with my theology well i've learned that god will mess with your theology when your theology's off and i pray that if i'm off in any area that he'll bubble he'll bust my bubble of theology and get me right because i don't want to be wrong on any of god's word I want it right. I want it gum barrel straight, as they said back in the day. Amen. 
I want the Word of God in its purity and in its entirety, and I don't want to, to, to be in the shadows on something that God wants me. And so many people today, they build for doctrines the commandments of men because they have not the spiritual understanding that comes from the Holy Ghost of God. But God, may He overtake His churches today with the power of the Holy Spirit to enlighten our understanding so that we can see some of us for the first time what it's really all about. But we're going to have to be willing to be sacrificial. Our will, our ways, our understanding. God, replace my thoughts with your thoughts. Replace my vision with your vision. Replace my talk with your talk. Don't let me say anything you wouldn't say. Lord, replace my ears with your ears. Don't let me hear anything that you wouldn't want me to hear. Amen. Lord, replace everything in my life with you. And when we sacrifice ourselves we can begin to see God do a work. Amen. The third question is, will they make an end in a day? And the way I've phrased that is, will we finish? You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.